this is Judy Kopenbarger, best-selling author, international speaker, money whisperer, financial guru, and creator of Money, Truth, and Life. Welcome to the Money, Truth, and Life podcast. For today's show, we're going to be discussing the 2023 tax law changes that impact most of you business owners. Some of these will impact you however you file your taxes, but there are some really nice goodies that Uncle Sam has given us for 2023 uh, for those of you who have um, a small business or a ministry that you're running. So let's talk about these things. This this show today is not going to be a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of personal experience. It's really going to be one that is technical and probably noteworthy if you are a taxpayer. And I'm assuming if you're listening, this is of interest to you. Um, So I'm going to give you a six pack for business tax law changes that you're going to want to know about for this year. So let's get into it. The first one of the six is the standard deduction. You know what? The coolest thing that I want to share with you is when I was putting together the tax law changes that I thought would be most impactful and relevant for you, I found six that are all good news. One of them, you know, is a double-edged sword, and I'll I'll get to that, but um, all six of them are really favorable for us. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe with the, the, um, the new changes in Washington, there's a little bit of maybe more compassion for taxpayers. And that compassion translates to what can we do to help out? You know, we've all survived COVID and we've all survived inflation or we're in the middle of it, treading water. Um, and so these are things that really are a reprieve for us. You know, they're, they're goodies for us. So um, today I am the bringer of good tidings and I am happy to do so. So number one is the standard deduction. So when you go to pay your taxes, there's always that amount that they say, yeah, don't worry about paying tax on those first dollars that you earned. We're not going to really have that tax kick in until you get above this level. And so that amount went higher. Now, what you need to know about these numbers is I'm giving you the numbers for a couple that are married and filing together, right? It's a joint tax return for married people. The numbers will be different for you if you're filing head of household, if you're filing uh, married but filing separately, if you're filing as a single person, you're going to have different numbers. So if you're taking notes on this, make sure that you go to irs.gov, irs.gov, and you grab the appropriate um, numbers and get the ones that apply to you the way that you file your taxes. That will be important so you don't uh, make a mistake um, in tallying these up. But if you are married and filing jointly, uh, last year in 2022, you were able to not have to pay tax. You know, you had that standard deduction of $12,950 that has raised for inflation to $13,850. So until you have an adjusted gross income of $13,851 or more, you have no tax bill. Now, how cool is that? That's for federal tax, right? So that is awesome. Standard deduction raised almost a a grand there for you. Now, the one that I talked about that has a double-edged sword, like you could see the negative side to it, but really it's kind of positive, 
is the new rules around the 1099 forms. Now, a 1099 form is the one that is filed with the government that says money moved, right? There's, there might be a taxable event here because money moved. And so if you earn interest, for example, on a bank account, if you have dividends on a stock account or some mutual funds, um, if you sell um, a product, um, this is this is really one that for you small business owners will apply when you have an independent contractor relationship. So it might be uh, someone that you've hired or it might be income that you're making that would involve the filing of a 1099 form. So let's say you have um, someone come and uh, take care of your kids after school or you have an uh, elder elderly relative and you have some health care in the home that's being provided. Well, if anyone that you're paying for services like that, you know, it could even be a dog walker or that your pool guy, right? If you pay them over $600 and they're not a corporation um, in a year, then you're supposed to file a 1099 and let the IRS know that you've paid them that money, that they've done independent contract work for you because IRS wants to get paid, right? They want the tax on that. So that's the rule. There's a pretty stiff penalty. If you pay someone that amount of money, you don't file a 1099. And so you don't want to get caught, you know, not knowing this rule. The other side of that is if you're in a small business and you're providing services to people like that, you are the independent contractor and they hire you. If what you have charged them or been paid by them is $600 or more, they are supposed to um, have you fill out a 1099. And so where this is going to show up for a lot of small business owners is if you have, you know, several clients or customers that are paying you $1,000, $2,000, like throughout the year, um, they're going to file that. So IRS knows that you need to be paid tax on that. Um, you don't want to get caught not doing that. Now, the good thing is if you have a service that you provide, and you charge 100 different people, 100 different customers, $500 each, nobody has to file a 1099. So it's only for $600 and more for one independent contractor per year. That's when the filing is required. Now, the nice thing, the good thing, the good side of that sword is this is really great for record keeping. So you've got folks that are getting paid, uh, maybe you are, right, on PayPal, Using all these cash apps we have now, Venmo, YouTube, you know, folks that are working on YouTube and they're getting the ad revenue income. Um, all of that now, and this is what's new, is all being reported through a 1099 form. So all of these cash app companies now have to uh, submit those for people that have earned over $600 in a year. So before you might have been under the radar. Um, now you're not, right? So you want to be aware of that. But in the old days, for people that get paid that way, you'd have to go through your whole year's checking accounts to find all the transactions, add them up, put them on a spreadsheet, figure out how many of these customers paid you over or under $600, and you had to do all of that kind of legwork for accounting. What's great about the new 2023 rules and the new reporting and recording is now you just get one form and all the numbers are on it. It is beautiful. So all the customers that you got paid through Venmo, for example, you get one one bill, right? So it's it's awesome. 
So that's the 1099, um, the way to apply it. Again, there might be a downside, uh, but I think the upside outweighs that um, and it will really help you. Number three of my six pack here is um, just, you know, some thoughts that I have about if you're incorporating when to do it, how to do it and why. Uh, and we always start with why, right? So the reason you would want to incorporate, um, there are some protections, you know, with an LLC, you can um, file as an S-corp, which means all the income still goes to the same place, right? It ends up on your personal return, but it allows you to have better records and better opportunities for deductions in your business. And so if you use your car at all for your business purposes, there are some great deductions available there. If you use your home at all um, as a, a permanent workspace, you know, if you have a, like a, a spare bedroom that now has become your 100% office, there are deductions that you can take, which are very substantial. If you're in the business where you need to, to travel a little bit, um, if you need to run errands, if you need to go get supplies, if you have a truck that's involved in your business, all of those things, um, you should be writing off. All, all these legitimate business expenses. And when you're filing as an LLC or a corporation or combination, um, you have a lot better chance of getting more deductions, a lot more leeway to do that because it's expected with your business purpose to do that. And you'll end up with a better bottom line because of the legitimate deductible expenses you have off of the top, off of the profit, off of the revenue that you have. So that's one thing. It's become a little bit more liberal. Um, now, you know, we're hearing all this buzz about they're going to hire 50 bazillion new uh, IRS agents with guns to come make sure you paid everything. Uh, I'm not sure how how serious of a threat that might be for some people. But um, what, what you would need to keep in mind is you always want to be accountable. You want to have great records. You want to be integrous with how you fill out your forms. Um, but take advantage of the laws that are there and uh, inform yourself of the laws that are there. And there are some more liberal expenses that you can take as deductions in 2023. So grab yourself a good CPA and um, educate yourself on that and, and uh, make sure you do that. Number four, um, just something to consider um, when you're thinking about these deductions. This is a category of capital investments. So the rules are a little bit more liberal, a little bit more friendly for business owners in 2023 when it comes to capital investments. Um, are there some um, supplies that you could um, purchase or invest in? Are there computers you need to upgrade? Do you need new office furnishings? Do you need new tools for your trade? Uh, are there capital investments that you can make? Um one thing that I'm doing right now is adding some storage units to uh, a rental property. And um, so that's a capital investment, right? It's something that I can, I can write off part of it now and then take depreciation every year for a number of years. And that, that will really help the tax bottom line, right? And the, the bottom line for the next several years. So are there any capital investments where you can add value to your business and have Uncle Sam help you pay for it? That's the question. That's the category. And it's easier now than it was in the, in the previous years. 
Um, number five, if you don't have a 401k or some kind of a thrift savings plan or some kind of a <clears throat> retirement program in your business, you might want to consider doing that if your cash flows are good or if you're getting um, to become a veteran in your business, you've been doing this a little while and you're ready to start putting some of that cash flow away and protecting it from tax for now. Um, the 2023 rules are more favorable than they were last year. So there are increases in the amount that you can invest in a 403B, a 401k, a thrift savings plan, or a retirement program like that. So in 2022, if you were 50 or under, you could put uh, $19,500 as a cap or a quarter of your income into it. They've raised that limit for us to $22,500. So if you have just a few years to go, or if, if you're new at it and you have great cash flows and you want to uh, have all that money grow in, on a deferred basis, pay the tax later and, and earn more money, um, you can put more away now every year. So this year it's $22,500, but wait, there's more. <laughs> if you are 50 or older, there is a catch-up provision. And so this is the IRS years ago. They said, you know what? If you are in your 50s and you are way behind with saving for retirement, we're going to help you out. We're going to let you put more in. And chances are, if you're in that stage of life, I, I am among them. Um, if you're there, you know, all the expenses with raising your kids is probably waning or gone. All of the expenses of um, getting your business going, capitalizing all of that, all, all of those things that you just kind of try to eke out a living, you know, for a long time. All of a sudden, call, the kids are through college. Um, your income is higher than it was, you know, years ago. Now that you, you don't need it as much, but it's kind of the way it works. So now we have this discretionary money and um, we can put more away. So if you are 50 year older, IRS said, not only can you put in that 22,500, but you can add another 7,500 to that. So your total is 30,000 this year. And that's 3,000 more than it was last year for people 50 and older. So if you're under 50, you have 2,000 more you can put in. If you're over 50, 3,000 more. So IRS gave that gift to us. So if you're there, make sure you're aware of that rule and take advantage. Put as much away as you can and let Sam help you pay for that retirement. So that is the retirement account, 401k, uh, number five on the sick pack here. Um, the last one I just wanted to address quickly because I've had so many questions about it is the loan forgiveness uh, for small businesses that happened uh, over this last year or two. So when COVID happened, um, you know, you, you couldn't avoid noticing that small businesses were suffering. And, you know, we saw it on the news every night. If if you live anywhere near or in a community, you know, you saw businesses that just were struggling, trying to pivot, keep their doors open, keep their people hired. Um, and many weren't able to do that. But during that time, um, the government gave us a gift, us small business owners. And they said, if you'd like, we will loan you some money to keep your payroll going, you know, to keep your doors open and keep doing what you do best. And so these loans came out and they were available for small businesses. Maybe, maybe you took one out called a PPP just for short, just call it a PPP. People know it by that. 
And so what happened this last year is it was time to pay those loans back. COVID is ending now. Uh, the bills are due. And some of these loans were, you know, 15, 20,000, 100, 200,000. Some were even in the millions for some of these businesses. And so the bill is due. What IRS did is they said, you know what? This has been so hard on all of you businesses. What we're going to do is just forgive that loan. So don't even pay us back. We don't want interest. Just don't even pay it, pay it back. Well, normally when you have a loan that is forgiven, or if you have a credit card bill that is discharged, for example, or if you have a medical bill that is, is waived or partially waived, that means that debt that you had that now is no longer debt is attributed to you as taxable income. And so you have all these businesses looking at this $15,000, $20,000 gift <laughs> right? Income now that tax, the IRS wants to tax, $100,000, $200,000 gift, taxable income, or millions of dollars, taxable income. That's normally what would happen. But what the CARES Act did is it wiped away that taxable event. This is huge. If, if you had a PP loan, it was forgiven. This is huge for you. You may already know this, but if you don't, I'll tell you, accountants are, are getting um, cases of wine mailed to them. They're getting bouquets of flowers mailed to them. They have all kinds of chocolate being delivered to them because they are the bringers of good tidings around this. This huge taxable phantom income really is gone. Um, so no tax on your PP loan forgiveness <clears throat> if it happened in 2022. And thank you, CARES Act did that. That's probably the best one of all of these. Um, six pack. Um, so if that impacts you, it probably impacts you in a big way. And this is good news. Happy dance time, right? So loan forgiveness. So let me just go back through the six. If you're taking notes, number one was standard deduction increase. Number two was 1099s, more records coming in for those. Number three is the write-offs with a 1120 form or a corporation form. Four was capital investments, liberal uh, treatment there. Five, the 401k, 403b increases in contribution amounts allowable. And number six was loan forgiveness uh, for PPPs, not taxed, not taxed. So there you go. Hopefully there's a couple things in there that will really make a difference for you as you are preparing for this year's um, accounting and getting ready for your taxes that will be paid about this time next year. Um, and that, that is what I have to say about that. That's your six pack for the good, good, good news and the tax law changes that probably impact you if you have a small business for 2023. So I trust that this information has been helpful for you. Um, I think it probably has. I want you to share this with your friends. If this is good stuff for you, you should subscribe to our Money, Truth, and Life podcast. I think that'd be a great value for you and your life. You can also visit our website, judycopenberger.com. And the judycopenberger.com website has all kinds of videos on it, articles that are relevant to small business and regular people, you know, filing their taxes and doing their financial life. Um, there's a lot of great information there. It also will give you a direct access to the Money, Truth, and Life online mastery program. 
The Money, Truth, and Life Online Mastery Program is a whole series of courses with different little classes inside tucked in there to help you with all five areas of finance that, that impact everybody. And so there are some protective areas of finance that you're going to want to know about. That's your estate planning, your entities, all the legal stuff, and then all the insurances. And um, insurance, I mean, not only business insurance, but house insurance and flood insurance. And uh, what if somebody embezzles insurance and auto insurance, all of those things, life insurance, health, long-term care, all of those things. Um, Just kind of how to navigate those insurances. Which ones do you need? How much should you pay? If it's available through work, is that a better option? Uh, What kind of medical insurance? All of those things. All, All of those things are covered there. And then there's taxation. And then you have cash flow, cash reserves, and investments. And people like the investment courses because it goes through all of this. 401, 40B, 457, IRAs, traditionals, Roths, uh, thrift savings plan, stock options at work. Should I have a mutual fund? Should I have an ETF? Should I buy gold? All of those things are covered in the classes in the investment course. People like that one. So there are the five pillars in the Money, Truth, and Life online mastery program. Go ahead and visit. Poke around in there. I think you'll find something that you, you enjoy. If you prefer reading to listening to videos or watching videos, um, the Money, Truth, and Life book is available where all bestsellers are sold. It is a bestseller. It's on uh, Barnes and Noble. It's on Target. You can go to Books a Million. And the easiest place is probably Amazon. Um, and you can just click on the, the author page there for Judy Copenberger. And it'll take you right to Money, Truth, and Life, the book. And they even have a Kindle version there if you prefer to um, read your books on your device. And for the price of a couple of cups of decent coffee, you've got something that is life-changing and will help stay help you stay on course uh, for your financial future. Uh, we've got YouTube videos on every possible small business, small ministry, and personal finance topic you can think of. And it's all great stuff. Um, and you can follow me there on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere, you know, social media gathers, uh, we're there. And so I hope to see you there. I'd love to have you as part of the community, giving your feedback, you know, the things that you've learned, the things that you have experienced financially. Uh, sometimes you learn more from the community and other people sharing what they did really well or not so well, um, it, you know, than theory. And today, you know, it was a technical bunch of information, but um, I think it's relevant and helpful a couple of times a year to just get the facts, ma'am. <laughs> and this is a whole bunch of really good facts, good news today with tax law changes. So make it a great week. Um, I challenge you to take one or two of these items and employ it. Uh, let your accountant know if you're one of these folks that does your own accounting, you have that uh, skill set. Um, make notes of these so when you file next year, you'll be ready and take advantage of these. You know, you can't wait until January and go back and put money into your uh, retirement accounts, at your 401k for last year. You have to you have to know ahead of time. And I'm doing my job, right, to bring you this information. So until next time, I want you to make it a great week, a great day. And uh, remember all these things and, and you can do it. Just do one little simple, single, doable thing at a time and you'll get there. I'm Judy Kopenbarger. God bless.